Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. First again this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts once again. I'm excited to be here again in your presence to bless the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, to bless the covenant-keeping God. Scripture says you are God Almighty. So we bless you this morning as Almighty God. Be glorified, Lord, forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you because you are Yahweh. You said that is your name to every generation. So we praise you this morning as Yah. Receive all our praises in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare this morning that we appreciate your love. We declare this morning that we love you with all our hearts. With, we love you with all our souls and with all our minds. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask for insight in your words. Speak to us once again and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue. Let's continue our study together. Yes, we are studying. We're reading through the New Testament. A big thank you to everyone joining this morning. I hope you're doing well. We are in the book of 1 Peter. Um, I pray that Lord will continue to give you understanding in his word in Jesus' name. So let's quickly dive straight in. We are trying to make up three chapters today. So I spend a lot of time reading more than, more than explaining. But we get the gist. Paul, sorry, Peter tells us that we are temporary residents. Okay, we are ambassadors. <laughs> this world is not our home. So we live not like the way the world lives. We do not follow the advice of the world we follow the advice of Christ, the example of Christ. He ended the second chapter yesterday talking about how Jesus lived, how he did not revenge, he did not retaliate, he loved, he showed genuine love, and the same God expects of us. Now, that advice is going to apply to different people. First of all, to wives. So please, let's go on First Peter chapter 3. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husband. That is what the Bible says. We're not talking about, not talking about uh, uh, the feminist and the feminist agenda and all, all of the statements they like throwing out. Okay, if it is based on the word of God, the Bible says, wives accept the authority of your husband. Okay. Since then, even if some, even if some refuse to obey, obey the good news, your godly lies will speak to them without any words. Without any words, your godly lies will speak to them. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Okay? So, respect your husband. 
acknowledge the authority of your husband and let your lives speak even more than your words. That's the wives. And he has his own advice for, for the husband too by observing your pure, your pure and reverent lives. Okay? Verse 3, don't be concerned about the hardwood beauty of fancy hairstyle, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. Okay? This, is, this scripture was once mistaken as the Bible saying that we shouldn't, um, women shouldn't make their hair, they shouldn't wear jewelry, and they shouldn't put on, okay, wear jewelry, they stay. Okay? Everyone leaves out the clothes part. But that's not, I'm sure you understand, it's clear what he's saying, right? It's not saying you shouldn't wear those things. He's saying that that should not be your main concern. He's talking to wives. <laughs> not to every woman. He's saying to these particular women I'm speaking to, don't be concerned, okay? Because you want your husband to be influenced by, by your actions, right? <laughs> he says, don't be concerned about the outward, about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyle, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. There's a beauty that comes from within. He says that is what you should use to clothe yourself. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Mm? That beauty that comes from within, Peter describes it as a gentle and quiet spirit. And he says it is precious to God. If it's precious to God, I promise you it is precious to your husband. See, this is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and called him a master. You are daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. Okay? Because some people will say, ah, what if my husband now do this? What if my husband now do this? Peter says, no. Obey them. Obey them. From verse 7, talks speaking to husbands now. It says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor. Give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Okay, give honor to her. Treat her with understanding. Pause. Peter says, You may be weaker, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So, Paul, Peter, why am I calling it Paul every time? Peter says, Your relationship with your wife literally can hinder your prayers. It's that simple, okay? But he also says that you are equal. So I don't know where people got that statement from that um, the husband has more rights in home, in marriage more than his wife. No. It is in their duties, in their function that the husband is the head, okay? My head does not have more importance than my heart. <laughs> Uh, if the head thinks it is so, it is so sensible. Let the heart stop stop beating for a few seconds. Uh, the head will realize that it is not so important. It says you are equal partners. She is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. All right, let's go on. Eight. Finally, all of you talking to all Christians now. All of you should be of one mind. 
sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insult when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That's how Christians should live. That is what God that is what God has called you to do and he will grant you, he will grant you his blessings. That's what God has. That is what it means to be a Christian. Not to be revenge in right, left and center. See, for the scripture says, if you want to enjoy, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongues from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Hmm? The Christian should not be telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and, and work to maintain it. The eye of the Lord watches, watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turn his face against those who do evil. That's Psalm 34 from verse 12 to 16, literally quoted verbatim. Now, who will want who will want who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? Who? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid for their, of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ. As your Lord, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Be ready to explain your hope as a believer. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. But do this in a gentle and respect, respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people ask, if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for, for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Okay? If we are going to suffer at all, we should suffer for doing good. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He suffered for our sins once for all time. Yes, He suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, that Christ never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safety. Hmm? Sorry, to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised. He was raised to live to life in the spirit. So he, he went and preached to the spirit in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood and that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you not by removing death from your body but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Since now Christ has gone to heaven is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and power in and powers accept his authority. I promise you every creature in heaven and earth will one day have to accept the authority of Christ. Alright, let's move on to chapter 4, Living for God. Remember, if we are born again if we belong to him we must live for him so then 
Since Christ suffered physical pain, you must harm yourself with the same attitude he had. Arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. <laughs> I know some Christians don't want to hear it. He heard this one. Be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you are finished with sin. If you are ready to suffer, you are finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of, of, of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. You've had enough of that. It's time to live for Christ. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. If you are going to suffer, suffer as a Christian. No. Don't suffer because you are doing these things with, along with them. See, but remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. They will have to, just like we will too. That is why the good news was preached to those who, were, who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. In the end, in the end of the world is coming soon, and Peter emphasizes this message, the end of the world is coming soon, therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. He says the end is coming, but the most important thing is love. Show a deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Since cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay, uh, God has given each of you a gift uh, from this great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use your gift well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself, himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies? Since then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And I love this. Oftentimes you see when the apostles are writing, it's like they are concluding their letters and then they continue. <laughs> Usually because they were writing in prison, okay? It's like the letter is ending but then they get a chance to add something more to the letter, okay? So, uh, so it says, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Hmm? So don't bother whether you are suffering as a Christian. Jesus suffered too. Says if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, because you bear the name of Christ, I repeat that again. He says you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Says if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. 
but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. I say it again, it is not a shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. It must begin in the house of God. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed, who have never obeyed God's good news. And also, if the righteous are barely saved, if we are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? <laughs> so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, and there's a, there's a suffering that pleases God, that glorifies God, because you are suffering as a Christian, says keep on doing what is right, and trust your lives to God who created you, for he will never fail you. So, if I'm suffering as a Christian, what am I supposed to do? Peter says, you keep your focus on God. Put your trust in him. That's all you can do, okay? Don't become distracted. Don't give up. Hold on, even if it means holding on to the very end. All right, let's round this up. 1 Peter chapter 5, advice for elders and young people. And now a word to you who are, you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the suffering of Christ. And this is very important. It helps us know that Peter is the one that is writing, right? The Apostle Peter. He says, I am a witness to the suffering of Christ. And I too will share, I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. As an elder, this is my appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Care for the flock that God has, has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Hmm? Care for the flock, those that God has committed to you. Watch over them willingly and not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it but because you are eager, you are eager to serve God. You're serving them, but you're actually serving God. Don't load it over the people. Don't load it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. That's why you are an elder. And when the great shepherd appears, the great shepherd is Christ himself. When he appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor when he appears, okay? So in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. Whether it's elder to, to younger or younger to elder, all of us must dress ourselves in humility. But to the younger, it says, accept the authority of the elders, right? <laughs> dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. Let me say that again. He opposes the proud. He gives grace. He gives grace. Literally, he gives grace to the humble. This is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. So humble yourself under the mighty power of God. Humble yourself under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Give all your worries to God, because He cares about you. Stay alert, 
Watch out for your great enemy. Who is your great enemy? <laughs> it's not Mama in the village. <laughs> Neither is it Baba in the village. Peter says, watch out. Watch out for your, for your enemy, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking or looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand in your faith against the devil. He is the, he is the great enemy that you are actually okay, resisting. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You are not alone. Since in his kindness, God called you to share, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal, eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. All glory to him forever. Amen. Okay, the message is very simple. We must be ready to suffer as Christians. As young people, we must obey the authority of our elders. As elders, we must be examples to those we lead caring for them literally as the shepherd cares for the flock. As a wife, we must submit, accept the authority of our husbands. As husbands, we must care and honor our wives. It's, it's all, all encompassing. Final greetings. Since I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. Mm -hmm. My purpose in writing is to encourage, and the purpose of First Peter is clear. It is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. The purpose of First Peter hmm, was to encourage the believers who were going through so much suffering during this time. When you suffer so much in this world and you are beginning to question God, begin to question the grace of God, is God really, really real? I hear some, some people will say that if God is really God, why will he allow so much evil in this world? He cannot be God. Because if he is a God that is loving and is kind, he will not allow this much evil in the world. First Peter is writing to you. I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Okay? So because of that, stand firm. Stand firm in His grace. Stand firm in His grace. Since your sister church here in Babylon sends you Babylon in those days is Rome, okay? So sending this from Italy, your sister here in Babylon sends you greetings. So does my son Mark, okay? So my son Mark greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. All right. That is the entire book of First Peter. We completed this in two days. I don't know about you, but I was blessed. 
So um, I just just went over all of the message of First Peter again. Please remember that we are temporary residents. We will leave this world one day, someday. Okay. So, however, as we go through this world, God expects us to be ambassadors. As ambassadors, some of us will suffer. But if we suffer, we must suffer for doing good. We must suffer for being a Christian. We must not suffer for being evil. Okay? And as ambassadors, we must remember that we're representing, whether as in the family, as husband and wife, and the children to their parents, whether it's in the society, as elders, as those who follow each one of us, the cloak we put on is humility. Okay? It is humility. So I charge someone this morning as we finish First Peter to consciously live as a Christian. Yes. Never forget this. You are an ambassador. An ambassador lives with the consciousness that he is representing another country. In this world, you are representing the Almighty God. Yes, you represent Christ. That is whom you are actually responsible to. Okay? So live with that consciousness. Don't let this world shape the way you live. Uh -huh. As husbands, as wives, don't let this world be the one that shapes the way you live. Live as a Christian. Submit to God. Let's submit to one another. Let's submit to His world and influence this world. Father, we pray. Help us to be your true ambassadors. Help us to be a blessing to our world. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.